savings, 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 right? Everyone talks about savings as if it is a must, but no one really breaks down this idea, right? The use of savings and how much should I actually save, right? I grew up in a family that swings between blindly saving and randomly splurging. So I gave this topic some real thought and have come to create some baseline saving targets for myself. At the end of today's episode, you'll probably learn some of these things and get more clarity as to how much you should save and why. What is the function? What is his role in your life, right? At the very end, I hope you get a newfound discovery and towards greater improvements and towards the life you love. Welcome home. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Test, test, testing. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, discussing financial strategies that fits our unique lives. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. Whether you're interested in the pursuit of the common narrative, getting a degree, finding a job, setting up a family and live happily ever after, or you're an avid fire believer, F-I-R-E. For those who are new to the term, fire means financial independence, retire early. Or you're just quirky, like me, questioning and trying to create a life you love. There should be something for you here. So, whether you're on your way to work, school, chilling by the beach, or just cuddling, snuggling in bed, today's topic is, how much should I save? Yeah, so, growing up in an Asian society, there's always this talk about savings it's you know it's so elusive as an idea you know uh, I remember growing up when my family would tell me you know you gotta get a study hard go to a good university get a good job save up you know buy a house get a family and that's kind of like the narrative that you know many of us live by and uh, I don't know about you but I question it a lot. I, I don't even understand why should I need to save. You know, of course I question many other things, but today we're gonna to talk about savings, right? So I question a lot, like why should I need to save money? What is the concept of saving? How do I do it? And you know, why like that? Because I don't see a lot of people actively talking about it. And every time I ask some questions, people will be like, just save fine. Like, whatever you have, save a good amount. People just throw out some random percentage, 10%, 15%, 20%, and nobody can actually tell me why and how and, you know, why should I? So, I went through a long period of time having a very unhealthy with uh, relationship with money because I just kept saving. I, I didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, whenever I felt like suddenly I want to splurge, I just splurge. And if I don't, I just hoard and just save it not knowing why am I doing it and what am I trying to do with it? You know, why do I need to save money? Which is why today we're going to talk about it. And before I begin into the subject, we need to, you know, talk a little bit about what is the function of savings. And essentially, savings is money not spent. 
something that's idling and doesn't have a meaning attached to it yet, right? So when I look at savings, there are two functions that it primarily serves. The first function is that it cushions your downturn. Something happens to you, you lose your income, you get injured, you know, you're not able to feed yourself. Savings is there to tide you through, right? So it is there to help you to cushion your downturn. And second function of savings is to capitalize on opportunities. So you have all these excess cash sitting around, they have nothing, no meaning attached to them yet. And then suddenly you see something interesting, oh, this company, you know, in the stock market, it came, came down. Should I buy it? Yeah, there is an opportunity. I was like, oh, you have a friend, they're starting a new venture, you want to join in, you know, and you need a little bit of excess cash. Oh, that's an opportunity. Or maybe... Another friend started a new company or you want to start a new company and you just kind of need to, you can't pay yourself as much, right? You're a new company, but you have some money. So it can tie you through the early phases of entrepreneurship, right? Either way, it is there to help you capitalize on opportunities and cushion your downturn, which is why we're going to talk about the three tranches of savings. And the first tranche I'm going to talk about is a $1,000 emergency fund. And many people online, if you listen to other financial people, they will talk about, you know, this $1,000 emergency fund. And I agree with them. So I don't need to come up with a new number. Let's just take it. I recommend you to first save $1,000 as emergency fund. Why? So I think there are two reasons around this. The first thing is this emotional and psychological kind of, what do you call this? Uh, benchmark. So... As you have not made money before, you're just starting out to make money, you want to be able to, you know, cross a certain kind of standard. And I think $1,000 is kind of like a, a good standard to start. You know, so crossing that $1,000 to know that, hey, I managed to save $1,000 feels like a personal accomplishment. I think that is a cool start. But of course, as an emergency fund, what can it do for you? I thought about it long and hard and, you know, I think $1,000 is quite a lot, man. If you think about it, let's say your laptop breaks down, which is, I'm talking about common scenarios, yeah? Your laptop breaks down and you have an emergency, you have an urgent assignment, you really need to get certain things done. Hey, $1,000 can get you a second-hand laptop to tie you through that assignment or tie you through even a year or two. I think that's fair. Or maybe your phone, uh, very sway, drop into the longkang, uh, which is thrown to the drain, then you need a phone. $1,000 is good enough. You can get a decent phone that will last you for a year or two. Right? Or let's say you fracture your leg, you need to go for some TCM adjustment or you know you got food poisoning or even a small car accident, something that's not fatal. You need to pay for the toll guys to come and you need to you know go to the doctors, you know. As long as it's not crazy, this this thousand dollars emergency fund is amazing. It can solve a lot of your things. And why I feel you need to have this kind of excess cash, which is like $1,000 sitting around. It's because I don't want you to go into credit card bills, you know, or taking on installment plans. Like, let's say you really need to get your car fixed. Or, and honestly, if you if you have a car in Singapore and you don't have $1,000 as an emergency fund, I kind of question what you're doing. Huh? But, okay, let's say we, we, we shift away from the car. So let's say you lose your, your laptop breaks down or you, you, know, you lose your phone. And you really need this going. You really need a phone. If not, you can't work. And I think it's fair these days that, you know, if you don't have a phone, it's pretty tough to do some things. And 
if you don't have this emergency fund, this thousand dollars emergency fund, you end up slashing your credit card. And because it is an additional expense, chances are you will not be able to pay down this credit card ASAP. So you will be you'll be incurring interest. And interest rates of credit cards can be like 15 to 20%. It's crazy. Right? Or you take on this kind of what do you call that? Uh interest-free installment plans. Sometimes I really wonder, should they market as interest-free? Because when you calculate the total amount that you pay for the phone through that kind of installment plan at Courts and Harvey Norman and those kind of places, it's more expensive, right, than just buying the device itself. So, yeah, I'm not sure whether it is really interest-free, but it's okay. Not blaming them, I'm just saying that from personal point of view, having these thousand dollars as your emergency fund can mitigate all these needs for additional credit or additional spending into your balance sheet. You know, when some small thing happens. Of course, if you get in a serious accident, a serious medical condition, you go to hospital. You know, this doesn't help you, which is where insurance come in. But we're not talking about that. This we're not talking about insurance in this. Uh, podcast all right we'll do it in another one which brings me to my second saving tranche i believe that you need to save a year of survival expenses so recognize i say survival expenses yeah so what is the difference between surviving and living right surviving uh your bare minimal water shelter food transport you know basic stuff you can even throw away new clothes you know like you know, no budget for fashion, right? And living expenses include everything. Everything that, you know, uh, it's kind of like how you live your life now. You know, you go to the restaurants on the weekend, hang out with friends at the bars, you know, every month you buy a few new clothes. You know, that is your living expenses. That is the standard that you're working with. But I want you to save a year of survival expenses. And what is the goal of survival expenses is that if, and if you lose your job, you lose your income, you have one year's time, right? I mean, honestly, if you lose your job, you lose your income, and you, you need to sort that out ASAP, you will not be you know, living like how you live now. You need to go down to the bare minimal and sort out. And I believe that one year is good enough to find a job or find some sort of alternative income to make ends meet. And yeah. To me, buying time. Buying time to reposition and re-anchor yourself is very important because the re- reality is there are many things that we cannot control, right? Uh, financial crisis happen, restructuring, certain industries get disrupted or, you know, something happened to our family and we need to, you know, uh, put our job down and take care of family for all sorts of reasons that you have. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You, you will have situations where you need time to reposition and remanage your finances. So to me, why do I recommend you know, saving tranche of a year of survival expenses? Because I look at it as a time basis. 
right? I'm not the kind that is like percentage-based because they're very arbitrary to me because I define savings as cushioning your downturn and capitalizing on opportunities, right? So having this one year of survival expenses is cushioning your downturn. So having the first tranche of a thousand emergency fund cushion your random things that happen and this second tranche of a year of survival expenses, these two will form your safety net, more or less, right? It can cover almost anything that is systemically possible of happening, more or less, you get it. Yeah, there are a lot of random things that can happen, and to me, random error are very tough to mitigate. In fact, random error cannot be mitigated. You only mitigate systemic error. So, to me, this two, a thousand emergency fund, and your year survival expense, it's good enough. They form your safety net. After you build this too, you then can look at you know, investing and planning for the future. I want to set up a small fund for retirement. I want to invest in a market to make my money work harder for me. I want to you know, set up a small fund for marriage. You know, marriage is pretty expensive. And yeah, all these kind of different little things that you do. And all these little funds that you set up, has a meaning attached to it. They're not savings, right? So back to the definition of savings. Money not spent, idling, no meaning attached to it. A fund is something that, you know, you're putting money aside and there's a meaning and a direction attached to it. You know, retirement, marriage, you know, further education, whatever, or investing. Either way, before you do all those other things of planning for marriage, planning for house, planning for your future, I believe, I strongly believe you need to have these two savings tranches settled. They form your safety net. It's so much easier to do things when you have these two covered. And so what is the third tranche? How much should I save? This third tranche, I will personally recommend that you save about three years of living expenses. So this is a little bit of a projection. It's a little arbitrary. I myself have not reached this, this phase, which is like three years of living expenses. When I look at it, my living expenses and my survival expenses have a difference of about half to a third, right? So if it's a third, which means that if I really need money, this three years of living expenses can help me tie, tie through for nine years to 10 years. It's great. Right? A lot of time to do a lot of things and turn around a lot and sort out a lot of whatever shit that is going on. And so yeah, to me, this is like an ultimate goal. And I like to ma manage money with reference to time because to me, it is like a, you got to manage your money with, in context with your life. And the undertone of life has time involved. Right? So I don't want to go into like a arbitrary number, like, 100,000 or like a, a random percentage of your total wealth needs to be in savings or, or, or those kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm really open for discussion. Email me, financialcoconut at gmail.com and I want to hear what is your ultimate saving strategy. But at this current moment, I believe that three years living expenses can be your ultimate savings target. That is cool. You're not in a rush for that. It is an ultimate savings target. So you build along the way. And double note, this doesn't include retirement fund, marriage fund, house fund, those kind of stuff. Anything that has a meaning already attached to it is not classified as savings in my view. So to sum it all up, savings is essentially money not spent, idling with no meaning attached. And it has two functions. 
Cushion your downturn, capitalize on opportunities, and I recommend you three different tranches that you can target to save. $1,000 emergency fund, one year of survival expenses, and these two tranches will form your safety net before you embark on other funds, like your retirement, your house, you know, your investment funds, all these other things. And then the ultimate is a three years living expenses. I think that is a good reference and that's a good start. Anything? Let's discuss. See ya! Test, test, testing. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. I hope you will share what you've gained with your friends and people you love. I want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building our community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and desire for clarity. Email me at thefinancialcoconut at gmail.com. I will try my best to address your questions in future podcast series, especially if many people are connected and concerned on the same topic. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. After one year of podcasting, I realized that three-year saving benchmark is a great one because the longest recession out there over the past hundred years is three years. So assuming the state of capitalism continues down this uh, repetitive process, then as long as we have three years of savings, uh, that will buy us enough time to work around things and stand up stronger again. So yep, don't treat savings as something that will save you from everything. Right? But it is a pool of capital set aside to give you that cushion and financial power to turn things around when things go south and just kind of regroup and ride again, right? In a more resilient manner. So I hope that you get a much better idea as to how much you should save and what is the role of savings, right? So hope you learned something useful. Join our community Telegram group. Follow us on our socials. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. See ya. Take care.